Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, the deep dive where the LA Rams are Super Bowl champions. Andy, good morning to you. Good morning to our listeners. Good morning to everybody. Good afternoon, I guess. It's morning to me. Morning hey, evening. To evening. Evening. Good Coast evening to I all mean, of our listeners. It's dinner time on the East Coast. People are yeah. eating dinner. Happy Valentine's Day to uh, those of <sighs> yeah, you who, who celebrate who the St. Valentine's Day holiday. The day after the, the least productive day of anyone's life. And they try to put a fucking Valentine's Day on it. I actually told my wife it's canceled for today. We're just moving it back in the week. Oh, really? But just the the stupid place I ordered gifts from is way backed up. I gave myself plenty <laughs> of time. I said, your gift isn't here, so we're not doing it. I'm just, I, I'm not I, had, doing it. I had loads of overflow gifts that didn't get here in time for Christmas. Uh, so it was oh, a so very, cool. it was a very uh, gift givey valentine's holiday around you know you know before before i get into the game and i know obviously (laughs) like it goes without saying that drew liked the rams before the playoffs like there's there's mountains of evidence for that like that goes without saying we don't need the correction on that and we've done heel turns like this in the past i want to say two years ago we were so anti-seahawks and then we just went right ahead and bet on them in the playoffs we're we're fully committed to just reading the market, reading what's going on, and being fine with betting on teams we've bet against or hated. <laughs> like, everyone's seen the supercut Dan made of us just shitting on the Bengals. Ooh, and some yeah. of it I still Oof. think was warranted. But really, if you go back and listen to the preseason, yeah, we were not kind to the Rams either. No. And it, it just made me laugh. I'm like, because I, I laughed about the Bengals thing, and then I thought about the Rams preview. I'm like, Man, all we talked about was how fragile this team was. Like a couple injuries on defense away from being the worst team in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. If the Stafford thing doesn't pan out, they're not good. Mm-hmm. If you know, if the offensive line takes any knocks, they're in big trouble. They have some aging players there. And really, I, I try to think of it. Obviously, we had a massive injury last night that doesn't affect the season. That sucks for OBJ, but the injuries were pretty light. And despite Stafford throwing a lot the of most, picks at the beginning. The most in the NFL. He threw. It was weird. He threw a lot at the beginning and a lot at the end of the season. There was like a gap in there where he was playing pretty well, pretty clean. But yeah, he did throw a lot of interceptions. But having the offensive player of the year, having a really good tight end who didn't even play in the Super Bowl, having Van Jefferson to stretch things out, having those OBJ and Von Miller's additions, I mean, it really did turn out to be the, you know, the jokes on the people that made fun of the – all in tweet, I guess, because it does it does kind of work. You're right. There was a lot of I people mean, making jokes people lampoon that. <laughs> people lampoon that tweet. They said we're all in. That's and right. I think they lost like the next week or something, and a lot of people just <laughs> lampoon that tweet, and that was that's fine, I guess. And mm. and I mean, just again before we get into the game, too, I I felt bad because a lot of people had good points, but. uh like I said something on Twitter today. I said, like, I don't understand why everyone's just so happy for Stafford. I just didn't feel that for him. I, I'm sorry. I just didn't feel that for him at all. Like I, I have, I have a hard time feeling bad for anybody who makes that amount of money first off in their sure. career playing sure. the game they love, but he's the number I, nine most, most compensated player of all time. Is that right? Yeah. Like I, now it, was just, it was just weird for me. Like everyone's yeah. like, 
you know, he, he again, he, he got drafted by a garbage poverty franchise. He played very well, despite having a bad surrounding cast of characters for many years. I just couldn't feel it. I don't, I don't know why. And I'm sure I don't dislike Matthew Stafford. I just like, like people were tweeting like their cousin just won the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know why, where this special connection came with. And yes, there, I mean, there, there were some good points. His wife had the illness and he was really great with the community. But again, I just don't feel the connection with any of these players ever. I, I said I was happy for Aaron Donald. And that's more of a, I feel like when a player is the best defensive player of a generation, he should have a Super Bowl ring too. Like I just yes. feel bad when I, I I do feel bad when there's somebody who's clearly head and shoulders above the competition. Like the Mike Trout's for, of the world. Yeah, that, that's a, <laughs> that's a good example. Like somebody who's clearly so much better and just sets themselves apart year after year. Yeah, and they don't like, get a chance at first that ballot, because it's a team yeah. game and it's there's a lot of variance. But uh, yeah, there's anyway, a bunch of my, examples like that. First ballot Hall of Famers, like no doubt, James Harden, great example. That guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's he's a guy that you can't tell. You know, you're you're clearly putting him in the all-time top fifty. Never won a title, um, and now he's in I, Philly. I, there, so. There's a good analog. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna not bring this up because I want to touch on this later when we get to the Bengals. But okay, I guess we can dive into the game quick. Both quarterbacks didn't have great games. Yeah, like the the QBRs were low. The the one long pass to Chase, and that was a really good effort by Chase. The short stuff was working by the Bengals until it didn't late in the game. Um, and Stafford threw a couple picks. That's probably why you end up with a wide receiver getting the, the MVP award. It's hard to give it to a quarterback with two picks. And I mean, Cup was Cup was great. He's amazing. That was yeah, he made a wild ass wild ass year play. for him. Yeah. I mean, I think they just decided that on the last drive. Like, well, are we going to actually run the ball ever again, or should we just try to force it to the offensive player of the year? And <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, I didn't even like that play for the touchdown, but he just oh, neither, he ran neither a that. really neither nice that. route and he made he made the space. And I honestly thought they should have run one more run. <laughs> and even if yeah. they didn't get in there, you they're they're bleeding another timeout, but that's fine. That's where yeah, people were upset about the the, the sneak because Stafford, you know, there's different levels of sneak. Ooh, and he's, he's bad. He's, Ooh, he's bad. He does a lot of things well, but sneaking is not sneaking one of them. Is and not people one saw them. it like that no. was horrible. I'm like, yeah, but they made a huge timeout. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I agree. They should have run one more run. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Whatever. It's tough to kill a play like that. Let's go through the game a little bit more in more sure. in more detail. So, um, we obviously we talked a little bit at halftime. My mind was nowhere in any place to really do any decent evaluation. Oh, no, you're a bitch. Um, yeah, obviously. As always, as usual, per the usual. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> it, to, to, to Drew's defense, if you had a ton of money riding on the Rams, the first minute of the second half oh, Jesus was Christ. not going to improve oh, your mood. No, no, I mean, no, that no. was, it, I mean, no. it couldn't have gone, the only way it, it could flips. have gone worse is if it had been a pick six rather than I know it, right? They ended up getting a field goal on that draft. The, yeah, the as Bengals, soon as we cut yeah. the stream, it started yeah. going our way again. Yeah, so it was obviously us. We were the jinxed factor. Obviously, we were yeah. the uh, we were the curse. No, I think um, kind of starting out uh, opening the opening quarter of that game. Um, obviously, uh, the I liked a lot of some of the passing concepts that the Rams rolled out there. It was pretty obvious the Rams were really going to get OBJ involved early and often. Uh, let Cup be a bit of a decoy early and often, uh, and also that McVeigh was comfortable trying to complete a. 
uh, a third and long every single opportunity he had um, because the early down long distance rushing attempts were generating so much negative EPA per play. It seemed impossible. Like, is this thing broken? <laughs> like, what in the world? Like, no, this these are that bad. They really are that disastrous of a run uh, approach. And you think, okay, well, eventually they'll adjust away from it and either try to get Daryl Henderson involved or uh, just abandon the run entirely. And that's probably going to be for the best. Uh, but they did not. Uh, they carried that approach all the way straight through to the second half of the game. Um, I didn't think... Did you, do you think they left a ton of points on the field in the first half, the Rams? I know that the one point that they didn't convert with the extra point uh, loomed large in terms of its impact on the game. But did, what did you think? Did you think 13 points for them into the half was fair? The way that The way that they looked... It's hard to say because just play sequencing and third down luck and, you know, a drop pass here. And I think despite how good the offense looked on those two scoring drives, like the, the fact that they were so committed to wasting downs, maybe they overperformed, honestly. Like the, the fact that you were just throwing away a down, kneeling on first down for the for the most part, like those those acres runs, you might as well just kneel. Like they weren't, they garnered EPA for the Bengals. Like he, he gained like four points for the Bengals. Somebody tweeted out something ridiculous. So the fact that the play sequencing was so continually fucked, uh, I think probably that was a fair amount of points for the first half. Okay. Go back and maybe go back and, you know, I'd have to look at a box score that split it out. Look at what their total yardage was for the first half. But, and the, I think both teams are right around 300 yards for the game. Yes. Barely more for the Rams than the Bengals in terms of overall production. You had 313 yards total for the Rams, 305 for the Bengals. Um, there were three punts for the Rams in the first half of that game. All three of them felt like the uh, the sequence that got them to punting was somewhat self-inflicted. Um yeah, there was because uh, it was a clean game. There wasn't a lot of penalties. There wasn't a lot of uh, huge negative plays. There was the only the one arm punt by Stafford in the in the uh, second quarter. He had the interception in the end zone. Um, but uh, yeah, I think ultimately um, nothing that we saw in the first half of that game suggested that the Bengals were out of their element. You know, they were hanging tough, uh, and nothing suggested that the um, that the Rams were going to uh just put their foot on the gas offensively um yeah 13 10 and halftime halftime show thoughts I mean, actually wait can we just i mean yeah. even if you just assume let's just i'm having trouble finding this because i haven't looked for anything i think the nfl fast our stats will have this but like quickly i can't find a site that just shows me what was the total yardage at halftime like that's not something that's easily found apparently um but I mean, let's just assume. Off the top of my was, head, it was about one. Uh, it was about one sixty one seventy. It was about one sixty to one forty nine ish. The so, Rams I mean, had you, about a twenty yard edge. Yeah. If you divide that out, it's like 11, 12 points. So probably pretty fair. And yet, like you said, the, it was some self inflicted stuff on the drives that ended in punts, the arm punt, and really, like I thought they. I don't think they left points on the field but I think they left plays on the field. Like they could have played better. They could have called it really. It's just a McVay thing. Like they could have called 
a better first half and had more success because when they called the good, like we joke about Andy Reid, when they called the good plays, shit worked. Like they just needed to do more of that. And this game would have never been a sweat, honestly, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh, but it was. Uh, because as you mentioned, we can, and let's talk, we'll touch on the entertainment stuff. We'll touch on some of the fun novelty props at the end here. Uh, but, uh, surely the second half, um, the first play from scrimmage, 75 yard touchdown pass to Higgins, um, on replay, like a scale of one to 10, like how egregious was not calling the face mask. Like in terms of a missed penalty in a game. Like, are you more so, on like the hey, Russell missed that from time to time? I was outside like, on the boat. How in the blue hell? Yeah, I didn't get to see it live. I was still outside. I yeah. was walking in, but I, yeah. I went and watched it right away. Pretty rough. Like, and again, whenever you can slow it down and look at it from infinite camera angles, it's a lot more apparent than in real time. Like, they need. <clears throat> boy, I don't want to delve down this road because it's especially up here in Minnesota where we had two years ago, but like, you know, like the body cams cops have. Sure. Like sometimes I'd like to see that angle. What was the ref? So that, so that, so that I could be even, I could be easier or maybe even more critical on a ref when I sure. can see exactly what they saw. I'd like the ref cam, like make them wear those body cams and we can be like, well, fuck the, the, like they weren't going to call that. None of the refs could have seen that angle and they're just, sorry, shit out of luck. But yeah, that was, that was pretty rough considering the magnitude of the end of that play. So yeah, we basically, we basically had a ref body cam for the no call on Nikhil Alexander or Nick, uh, no, uh, no, Nickel Robbie, uh, Robbie Coleman. I don't remember his name, his full name, but, uh, the cornerback for the, um, for the Rams that committed the obvious pass interference at the end of the saints game that they did not call the penalty on. Uh, that angle that you see from the sideline is the sideline judge's angle. Like, and that was wild. Um, or do you remember the Browns playoff game with the the clear shot to the head fumble? Oh thing? yeah, the head, the head to head. Yeah, the, yeah, head to yeah. Basically, basically yeah. every ref saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think the uh, uh, the no call was unbelievable. Um, in the back of my head, I was like, that was a magnitude miss that was so great that they're going to give the Rams the benefit of the doubt at some point later in this game. The proverbial makeup call is coming. That was my general thought on that. Uh, I figured usually they try to get those makeup calls out of the way quick, uh, but Stafford didn't give them that option because he threw a pick on the next play. Um, I've heard a lot of people kind of saying that was the receiver's fault, blah, blah, blah. He threw that real far out in front of them. Like that was going to be a tough catch anyway. It just happened to be that uh, the way he went about the catch kept it alive for Bates to get the pick. Um, and, uh, you know, Bengals have been doing that all season, so he shouldn't have been shocked. Um, it was pretty much at that point, though, that the Rams defense really picked up their game. Did they give up another point to the Bengals the rest of the game after the Bengals got that field goal? They did not. In no, fact, the Rams it. defense held the Bengals scoreless for the next 28 uh, minutes. 20, yeah. Yes. Woo. Good on them. Good on them. Which um, they needed because, yeah. And, <clears throat> boy, it just felt like I, I'm, we we're talking off air about like John Rahm being due and like a, a team being due to score. But Christ, all those drives 
that just kept starting at like the 48 yard line. It just felt like the Bengals have nothing to offer right now on offense. And if the Rams, the only way the Rams lose this game is if they continually do this with their, with their offensive possessions, because that was very frustrating as somebody who wanted to have a nice podcast on Monday, was just <laughs> watching, watching the Rams, they, you know, three and out punt. And then the ball at the you know 48 yard line, right at, right around midfield. Like it felt like two, at least two drives, maybe three, started with some pretty nice field position, went nowhere. Just just went absolutely nowhere. And it's very frustrating to watch because of even with even with Odell out, they still had some weapons. And and I think there is something to Odell and Higby being missing. That's a big chunk of your passing offense. So sure. It, it it is a testament to what they were able to do, and the coverage, um, not coverage, the pass protection, kind of breaking down at times. Not that the Bengals' pass rush is like shit, and we shouldn't no, have yeah, expected yeah, they that. But decent, they uh, were they were getting to him. That pocket was it was collapsing like um, from the outsides. Really, uh, you know, the tackles really backing up and pinching him in a bunch. And Stafford, I mean, both quarterbacks took a shot where it was like. Oh man, is this uh, is this is this going to be backup quarterback Super Bowl? Which not what you want. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so it's worth noting that the biggest lead ever in the game was a ten point lead for the Rams. Uh, the Bengals got three; they got their three consecutive scores. A team to score three times, yes, was the Bengals. They got it. Um, and then, yeah, amazingly, after it was twenty to thirteen, the Rams defense said, "That is it. That's enough." And I want to say the Bengals might have only gotten one, two, three first downs the entire rest of the game after that drive. I think they only got three more first downs. So that is a pretty amazing uh, flick the switch uh, and get, you know, you know, really kind of make um, make the game go your way. Um after the Rams, yeah, the Rams got the ball in the next drive. That next drive is the one where the drive ended with the field goal because Cooper Cup went to attempt a pass instead of just tucking it and running. I was he saying so this to our room. friends. You saw that, so right? Like, if yeah, if that if he puts it, if he tucks it and runs, like he's taking it the distance, right? Uh, at least a first. It's it's tough to say because you know if you didn't watch the all twenty two this morning. It's hard to say like where the safeties were at that point, but he had the first down. I think he had a head of steam and he was ripping and there was nobody within eight yards of the line of scrimmage. Like I think he clearly gets the first down and then a bunch more. And yeah, that, that pass was not great. And also like if Stafford catches it, doesn't he just get lit up? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, there was somebody right there. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, but he Stafford, gets hit. He, he gets hit hard. It maybe not lit up, but yeah, hard he hard enough for a quarterback. He doesn't. He takes a you know, when a receiver gets hung up to dry, it's one thing. No one wants to do that to their quarterback. And also, where he was standing, I think if he catches it, it's fourth and one anyway. Which they mm. may have gone, but it it wasn't a first down where he was standing. So yeah, yeah. didn't didn't love that play. But yeah, the um, I was going to ask you about the gay field goal on the drive after the Bengals field goal. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yarder. It wasn't like 30. It wasn't 
35 it was 40 something 41 i was yeah. i was a little nervous for that i think he was i think he looked pretty good though overall oh yeah i, I think was, that i was, think the injury yeah, that, was that kick was good from 48 50 ish at least yeah. it was dead straight um i would have said well, when yeah. they lined up i mean we we they were we yeah really the, seen it yet. the offense finally felt like they were starting to get some rhythm on that drive but from 2016 how many consecutive punts were there andy five six seven <laughs> seven consecutive <laughs> drives ended in a punt uh yeah oh my god i punts. have the yardage it's negative three, negative three, five, three, negative two, six, twenty-four. Unbelievable. And that twenty-four play drive. Yeah. Twenty of them were on the first two plays. Amazing. Amazing. Um oof. Yes. How was a drive five plays for negative two yards? <laughs> they, they, that, all right, all right, all right. First and first down, mix and run. Second mm -hmm. down, a longer pass to Boyd for 16. Yeah. Mix and run incomplete big sack with a penalty there you with go with a penalty that was the unnecessary the roughness the one that one really yeah five plays for negative two yards is a very odd drive but yeah that that was kind of the the weird doldrums where it felt like the Bengals aren't doing anything against this pass rush mixon's not looking good at all and the the, the ranchers need to do something with the ball one of these times they punted 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 and you know i listed off the yardage for those drives but the negative three three and six were the rams drives that happened after the field goal like they didn't even get 10 yards on three drives there before they ended up you know the touchdown drive mm -hmm. i don't know what clicked there because it's just ugly disgusting three and outs one after another and then 15 plays 79 yards bang yeah bang. i mean i, I guess it, well, you know, you backs want, against the wall. You're asking what was different. Down. You're asking what yeah. was different. <laughs> the, the necessity of the drive. Yeah. The uh that the lever. Yeah. The all of a sudden, McVeigh couldn't be conservative. He had to be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, that touchdown drive. We go kind of dig into it a little bit. Uh, the your favorite fourth, play from the game was on that. I bet. I know what my favorite play from the entire game was. Uh, which was it? Which was it? The touchdown nullified, and then the magic second flag that that uh, the, that gave offsetting penalties. The fourth down play call. <laughs> the oh yeah, fourth down play call was incredible. Just That's just incredible. gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. use of cup brilliant. and like yes, brilliant. No doubt, no doubt, first down immediately. I love that play. I think yeah. I think it's on fourth downs. It seems like teams either get way too cute, drop a quarterback back for way too long. Or they yeah. run the most predictable running play that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I, I like I like when I see a fourth down that I can get behind. So love that. And obviously, yeah, the 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 penalties done by the end zone helped. I, I look, I all I was saying, I was screaming, actually. All I was screaming was anything but Stafford. Anything but Stafford sneak. Anything but Stafford sneak. And the uh the Cooper putting it in Cooper Cup's hands were was huge. Um Cooper Cup uh, was the star of this drive, by the way. Uh, after that rushing first down, they went uh, right back to him with a nice eight-yard gain on second and 10. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Even after converting and saving your life, four minutes to go in the games, uh, they um, they still couldn't get away from some of these minus EV run plays, but that's fine. Uh, Cooper Cup, nice eight-yard reception, nice 22-yard reception, 
Nice 16-yard reception. All three of those were crisp passes. The one that has gotten the most attention today by the folks in the media space was the no-looker from Stafford. I'm sure you've seen that on replay a couple times, Andy. Is that correct? It's Best pass of the game for Steph for Stafford. So on that on that drive, that touchdown drive, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight first down plays. And the only run was the Stafford garbage sneak to make him use a touchdown. Oh, to okay. Be, to okay. Be, I mean, to okay. be fair, a lot of those weren't, a lot of them weren't great plays. A lot of them were incompletions. I mean, it was like a th- uh, short one to acres and incompletion, incompletion. I'm looking back short pass to Hopkins, the first one, but I mean, it's not like they were successful on first down, but yeah, the fact that they got away from the acres off guard shit that was going for an average of 0.2 yards was yeah. good at least. Okay, let's so let's get to, let's get to the goal line here. Um, Cup again, the great chemistry between Stafford and Cup got them to the eight. At that point, the first two incompletions were rough. The first one especially, Van Jefferson was wide fucking open on first and goal and Matt Stafford threw it like he had uh he, like he had his his heart in his throat like he was going to so puke. P- yeah. point, point of contention on that and I think it okay. can be I think this point of contention has a point of contention but Oh, he threw it uh, to the, avoid the the defender. Yeah. Well, the, the defender on the goal line, he had to get it up and over him, mm-hmm. which is tough because it was like a direct line with the 3. So I think but I the way he, the the way he was running the route, I think he could have waited just a little longer and gone to the corner of the end zone because he was uncovered outside of a defender who, yeah. you know, you, you would have had to rainbow yeah. it over him. And that, that's tough. Yeah. But man, if he, if he waited like half a second, the way, the way Jefferson was streaking there to the corner, he could have probably hit him with that and yeah. whatever the Bengals yeah. would add more time. So yeah, the second incompletion was a dead. That play was dead from Jump Street. Although I think they were probably just trying to bleed some clock or take force the Bengals to use a timeout. Um, didn't matter. Fell incomplete. The third down play to Cooper Cup, where they called penalty on Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson? Do I have that right? Uh, I think he was the star of Bottle Rocket. What was this guy's name? Um, it was. I mean, Apple was the second one. It's yeah, Wilson. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson. There you Logan go. Wilson. So Logan Wilson was very, very good all game. Very good, I thought. And the defense was a little grabby, but it was to both ways. I thought. Um, I thought the, the refs were fairly consistent. Fairly you know, consistent. The, yeah. the last, the last few penalties at the end. Yeah. I, if I'm a Bengals fan, a Bengals backer. You can take some contention with those. Those were massive I, penalties. They were massive. The one but for the, most the of the third game, and goal they just let in them particular, play. they did. And that third and goal in particular, that was the makeup call that we all hoped was coming. <laughs> those of us who wanted Rams to win the game, uh, that was the makeup call we were hoping was coming. Um, and it was ticky tack, but it was a foul. So I don't think I don't think it was a an incorrect call. It was mostly just like, well, if you're going to call the rest of the game that way, I'm not sure why you call that there now at this time. Um, it obviously didn't c- completely seal the deal for the, um, 
for the Rams as the Rams had to then still figure out a way to get into the end zone. Um, touchdown was nullified by a holding call that was offset by uh, unnecessary roughness on Von Bell. Uh, that, that was a weird. That was a weird one too because the flag. There was, was only one, as far as I could tell you, there was only one flag thrown, and it was for the hold. And then in in discussions, they realized, well, there was a felony on the other team too, so we're going to offset these. Um, the pass interference I thought was fair, that put them on the one yard line. Um, but again, those three straight plays in a row that all had penalties that all just kept nudging the Rams closer and closer to destiny uh, had to be frustrating if you were if you were a Bengals fan or a Bengals backer. Um, you're yeah, probably even even a Bengals defender, and I get that these are. These are the highest. This is the highest level of the sport. These are absolute consummate professionals, mm -hmm. but they're still human. And after that, you know, after an automatic first down in the red zone at the goal line, essentially during the Super Bowl, like that has to be so deflating because you'd gotten a couple stops and then just that that had to be just weighing on the defender's minds it would have it would have messed my head up because that's it's not a death sentence but it's darn close it's put the putting the noose around your neck for you so yeah I, it was that was yeah. a big 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 maybe the, I, I don't know if you go look at the win percentage thing you have to go look at uh lee, lee sharp's charts or whoever else does them that felt uh felt pretty big yeah it was massive and uh, yeah, the uh, first and goal we mentioned, they bleed a penalty. That was very smart. Second and goal, they go for a pass play. What was your, was, were you thinking like a little too cute? Now you're throwing the ball? Like that didn't really, like at, even as it was happening, I was like, they're not really going to throw. They are going to throw it. Like I, I was like, this is, this is going to be, this is going to feel very end of Seahawks uh, Patriots-y <laughs> if this doesn't so work. Yeah, they they had little, very little success on the ground. They have a quarterback who can't really sneak. And I, I get that that's a problem if you're trying to do this, but they have to have some sort of power package. Like, even if the entire world knows the fullback's leading and you're going, you know, the tailback's getting the ball behind him, like, sometimes that still works just based on the fact that they've got a good offensive line and ahead of steam. I yeah. I thought that was the play call. Uh, I thought run the ball again, just because if it does end up a little short, you make a bird another timeout, and you still have two more shots from the you know whatever yard line. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see a power a power run there, as boring as that is. <laughs> like just, just tell them this is what we're gonna do. Try and stop us. And yeah, the, I thought it was a little cute, but they ended up scoring oh. on a cute little pass that again I've said. Okay, correction or retraction. Scott's Hitchcock saying there was a flag in the end zone on the replay. Okay. I mean, it, okay. it, it was that, a it, that was a that was the correct call. Play. Yeah, I, I just it felt like they decided after a little you know in the in the ref huddle that there was going to be offsetting. Um, that said, uh, I'm glad to know that there was a flag on the ground. Regardless, um, the watching the replay of this Cooper Cup session number two, um, it it was run and thrown in a way that the that turnover was going to be pretty low likelihood. Um, the thing that stands out about that play is uh, Eli Apple is not, he's not in the play. Like he's not. And the fact that 
you know, you're maybe you're not expecting them to throw in that spot. You're expecting them to run it again and, and waste another one of your timeouts. And Apple just wasn't ready. But like the idea that your season is on the line, you have Eli Apple lined up against Cooper Cup one on one on the one at the one yard line. That can't feel great. That <laughs> can't be like, yeah, this is how we're going out. Eli Apple's going to make the key stop. Right. I hadn't thought about that, Drew. I'm going to have to check social media and see if uh, Eli Apple caught any heat about that. (laughs) (laughs) Players on just random teams are just roasting his ass, too. That was all. I almost feel bad for him, but he's a big mouth cord or whatever. He's fine. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that that is not what you want. You want your best corner. You want double coverage. You want, honestly, if it's looking bad, you want a guy to yank his jersey down. And drop his ass to the ground if he's yeah. getting away from Force you. Him to call another one, yeah. Call another, you know, first first Do down from the half yard line is better Do it than again. being behind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh that and was this, this I mean, is a it, good point. You see the last yeah. comment in the chat. You could tell they had practiced that play a ton of times. Yeah, I that I agree. The chemistry was a hundred percent there between those two players in that moment. It was a good play. Uh, and it does that deserves you know that's that's the way you're gonna win it that's great uh clinch cooper cup is mvp uh he caught he caught two game-winning touchdowns on the same drive <laughs> can you believe that yeah. um it uh it was pretty wild how the voter momentum swung in his favor did you were you looking at the live mvp markets at all a little I don't think they're super predictive because, again, it is just like Princeton said. These are people that, hey, I got to go write an article that's going up on my. Oh, I'm not saying they're predictive. I'm just curious what you if what you saw the best number on Cup was. I mean, it it wasn't great. Like it was, it was Stafford and then Cup right there. When I I didn't look very late in the game, honestly, but like Cup Cup would have been value. I think a couple people took him in the fourth quarter before the drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah he had that entire drive. Uh, you know, he was the guy he put him on on his. You know, Stafford, Stafford played clutch there too. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't a there, like again as a Rams stakeholder. There was not a moment once they were inside the twenty where I was like, "This isn't ending in a touchdown." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there are some times where you're like, holy shit, if they get a touchdown out of this, it will be unbelievably lucky or cool. Or like, I won't, I know, like this is 50, 50. That was not the case. I was like, okay, this is happening. Like Stafford was locked in cup was just dominating. Uh, and it really just came down to McVeigh not shooting himself in the dick. Um, which thankfully he didn't on that drive. So, uh, we are all, uh, taking a, a deep sigh of relief after that. Um, final draft. This, yeah, this. If this is true, and Dan is saying it too, so I believe it. But if you have to vote for MVP before the two-minute warning in a game that's coming down to the last two drives, that feels wrong. Uh, they the MVP was. They should late. let the halftime show people. The, the MVP. It. The MVP came was declared later than it usually is. I thought. And it I took think, a while, didn't it? I think they, I think they might have given the voters a grace period because of the, you know, because if it's the two minute warning and you don't know that the Rams score a touchdown yet, you probably are voting Bengals players MVP. That's the thing. If you don't even know who's, if a team is driving for the possible winning touchdown, you say like, well, let's say 
let's say Stafford throws a pick in end zone, two minute warning, or excuse me, under the two minute warning. They have their timeouts though. You know, the Bengals get a first down, kneel it out. Is it just, is it just Burrow then? Yes, probably. Honestly, Higgins needed a look really. If well, it, if he, it was the Bengals, his stat, but... his stat line was pretty nice, but it still it would have gone to you Burrow. Give it to Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, how can you possibly vote if you don't know who's winning the game then? Also, because the it's, like the it's not like, a losing player. Also, what what happens if you vote at the two minute warning and it goes to overtime? Yeah, th- there was a half decent chance. A very of- realistic <laughs> shot. This goes to overtime. In which case, I know what I was. Anyone could have I been was, the MVP. So I wasn't cheering for overtime, but if it happened, I was. You know, remember Adam Bourne had found fifteen to one on overtime, which is yeah, banana land for Crazy. any game. Crazy. Um. Okay, uh, the I they I want, I this is imagine. good. I wonder if you I can't can imagine that that's the way you get to submit though. That, that's what it should, that. that's what it should be. If you want to leave early, you write down two names. <laughs> Whoever wins, give it to them. Um, no, just I write thought, quarterback, uh, quarterback. Yeah, and I and I think I don't know. I don't think Coop. I don't think Cup with a seven catch, ninety one yard, one touchdown performance is as clear the MVP as he was with an eight ninety two and two. Um, so I feel like the, some of those votes may have come in after the two minute warning, after the Rams. Yeah, were if that touchdown winners. goes to Jefferson or somebody else, mm-hmm. it, it might've been a Stafford, even with the pick Stafford, Stafford. Yeah. three, two is about where it was 50, 50. If it was three, one Stafford wins. If it was three, three cup wins, clearly a three, two, I could have seen it go either way. And if cup hadn't been the high leverage guy, on the fourth down on that drive, if he hadn't been the high leverage guy that got him into the red zone and ultimately caught the touchdown, I don't know that he gets the award. Sure. All that said, um, the final drive was really something to behold with the way that the Rams pass rush stepped up one more time. Aaron Donald was just incredible on that drive. Uh, as elated as I was that the cup, you know, that the Rams punched that touchdown in, the the game stopping sack incompletion on a fourth down was Maybe just here. oh, it was so good. Oh, it was so good! Screaming, I could not believe how uh, how lucky that was to finally end. I'd have put, you know, what? I'd have put two hats on him. Going back to the Eli Apple decision, I'd have put two or three hats. Yeah, there's there's other good rusher. There's other good pass rush. You know, the the defensive line has multiple stars on it. A former Super Bowl MVP oh, on it. But still, Aaron Donald was for the better part of the second half not going to be denied his path to the quarterback. He was playing about as aggressive and well as I've ever seen him play. And he's, you know, like I said. And Dan, so this is this has been debunked, Dan. They're saying that screenshot is from earlier in the game where he was offside on a different play. I don't know. Like the, the internet, the internet has lied to me before where I think they might, they could have flipped the flipped the image, but there's the way, the way that that, uh, if anyone's seen this, they showed Aaron Donald lined up offside. And, and the they're way saying that it was the, on that play. Yeah. Well, but the way that the NFL logo at midfield is facing, it would have been a third quarter play. Uh, unless, unless they, unless they're just fucking with me. I'm watching it. I'm that. watching the play right now. He was clearly onside. He was, but the one the screenshot that they had, he was offside by a lot. Like his helmet was over, like the ball was equal with his helmet. So, 
Oh, I don't this know. one, this one was clean. This, this the final, the final, the final play was clean. I thought. Really, that said, Aaron Donald was amazing, especially in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, especially on that final drive. It was so, so, so great. Uh, and I wouldn't have been yeah, mad if they huge, gave him the MVP. Really, I wouldn't have been mad either. Um, they, I thought Cup was the right choice though. Um, yeah, it's hard not to. So a couple of uh, nug- notes and nuggets here to tie up then. Um, Rams win in spite of McVay's uh, in-game call. Yeah. McVay getting too much shit today by couch, you know, by by couch coaches. Uh, so and that, that's the or, thing, or like, appropriate we, amount. We get hyper focused on. I mean, uh, again, I I think I may have closed the box score finally as I was done looking at it. But how how many plays did they run, Drew? If you still have it open on offense, the Rams. Yeah, they ran sixty six. So yeah, we get hyper focused in on sixty six play calls. Yeah, instead of the week long scheme he put in place every day, every week for the last few years. Yeah, the two weeks they spent leading up to this, the coaching staff he put together, the player development, the yeah. coaching development, oh, the, coaching you know, development any any input he had with one. the first office, like like McVeigh, and that that's I mean that's the name of the game. You're, nobody yeah. nobody gives a shit about what you do in your office at three yes. in the morning on a Thursday. You're gonna get shit if you call first down plays that are super minus EV. So it stinks. <laughs> it stinks that he's getting heat about that because it's. I mean, he. It takes a ton of work and luck and variance and just all kinds of things to get to this point. But I mean, the putting that game plan together, putting this team together, and what he's done over the last few years, I, I don't feel. I don't feel great riding him too much. Do you think they're? I mean, they were playing. They were playing with fire, man. Like their EPA per play on late down passes was unbelievably high. Success rate was unbelievably high. Uh, they were playing with fire, and you know that it's because they put themselves in that position with horrific early down calls. Um, Cam Akers conceding seven over seven points in EPA is unbelievable <laughs> that's unbelievable for a running back like is it, these aren't even fumbles these aren't turnovers that, that's <laughs> like, where i'd like to that's where i'd love to see like what would have been the epa if matthew stafford just kneels on those plays similar yeah i would guess yes um the i mean the only more horrific <laughs> the only more horrific epa per play guy out there was samaj p ride <laughs> and his two rushes for minus three epa um but uh no the, that um, third down run was rough whew, it was bad um but yeah the, Mi- and uh, mixon mixon was playing well mixon, mixon played fine yeah he played five fine. yards a carry for a running back he played fine um yeah, yeah the uh overall though i thought coaching was rough in game but you're right it that the coach is responsible for a lot of things beyond just and, and yeah, decision but, making and and uh, mcveigh apparently hit tens on every other one of those boxes but yeah. then hits a one on the in game and it doesn't matter he still wins the super bowl so good for him good for him um do you have any thoughts this guy this fellow's asked a couple times yeah about some 
for, he asked about Packers fifteen to one. Surely, well, let's think, let's let's tie up odds and ends on. That, let's tie up some odds and ends on this year, and then let's look okay. at next year's numbers and give us some thoughts. Um, the anthem went I'll, over. I'll pull up a couple books right now. The anthem went over with the one fifty one. Is that correct? Everyone graded the anthem. I, I, everyone graded I the anthem correctly. I did, I did the best job of timing it. I've done it in a while. I feel like a couple yeah. years I didn't hit the button right away and I was a little off, but yeah. And you got, you got your, you got your three quarter unit play down on the blue dress on the blue dress. Yes. You got Okay. Oh my Good. God. Pozzola. Like, <laughs> you, you have had some rants. Pozzola for the last couple of days has been electric. <laughs> um that was good info though warren sharp's guy had good info it was exactly correct um the uh halftime show info was good as well and the next yep. episode being the first song um do you can you can, do you know what the hell happened with the market on that one because lose yourself got steamed like a motherfucker a couple days before and we were all looking at each other like did i take the bait here was i am i the sucker that's holding well lose yourself as as it turned out there was markets that had m&m's first song or it listed songs and it was first song out of this particular list and it was steaming there so people were steaming the rest of the market as well which was not a good thing to do for them yeah yeah so (laughs) halftime halftime steam is is tricky that, uh snoop dog did like wear that. white shoes yeah that was correct. he was wearing white shoes um he had white shoes with yellow shoelaces on which was exactly foretold um a, f- a few people chimed in i've seen it in multiple informational channels about the blue gatorade late yeah. i was able to not take a bath on my yellow gatorade <laughs> position which is nice who told i didn't see blue come through damn um it's Gatorade. Yeah, it's a bummer. I thought yellow. I mean, I saw yellow myself on the sidelines in NFC Championship game. Yeah, so you were my yellow they, guy. The fact that they switched up and did blue is a, is a shock. Um, Snoop, I, I wonder if they're regrading the Snoop smoking thing now that that video's come out. Ooh, did you see them grade it in uh, a loser? I didn't bet it, so I don't I didn't know either. That. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it probably had to be on the broadcast, and it was not. So I think they're going to stick with no on that. Um, I mean, everybody knows he smoked somewhere. I mean, you know, it's that's obvious. Whether it was on camera during the broadcast is what mattered, and it was not. Uh, general thoughts about the halftime show. Now that you've had a twenty-four hours to marinate on that, fucking banger, banger. Yeah, loved it. Uh, yeah. yeah, everything about it. Everything about it was great. I mean, everybody from our generation. Those are, man. It was like the first, the first time in our lives where you were like listening to exactly what you wanted because before that you'd buy a CD or like, and I guess people in back in the eighties would make their own mixtapes, but you had to have some equipment for that shit. But like, you know, you'd bought CDs. This is like the era where you first start. You had that one buddy who could who bought a burner. And they were like three hundred dollars, and you could burn CDs. Like that I'm talking nineteen ninety eight, and I mean, me and my, me and one of my good friends, we had one with like a shitload of those songs. Oh, a little yeah. sad we didn't see uh, nothing but a G thing because that. Was yeah, that, that was the one that was missing. We used to, I used to do this. He would do the Dre, I'd do the Snoop. We had that one pretty down pat, but I yeah, know that was <laughs> again. If if you're like thirty five to forty five, that was couple, an absolute banger just a couple sixteen year old white guys riding around in the car singing along to the unedited version of nothing but a G thing. Okay, I can picture it. Um, 
the uh, the overall, I thought the performances were excellent, especially next episode, the opener. Snoop is remains unbelievably cool. Uh, the story Drew about during the piano was amazing. Snoop um, uh, bought Death Row Records. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. What a cool fucking arc to be a 16, 17 year old <laughs> artist under death row. Have almost went to jail for murder. Almost go to jail for murder. And then murder was a charge. The end of the arc for you is you are an icon and a billionaire and you buy the record label that gave you your start. That's absolutely crazy. Um, there was a tribute to Pac. Uh, Dre on the piano was playing "Ain't Mad at You" opening bars. Yep, um, that was the pop. That was the Tupac. Easy, nod. a little something for easy would have been nice. So he was one of my favorites. Ah, uh, yeah, but that uh, there's he, a little problematic. Not just problematic, but there's also not a lot of uh, not a lot of good blood at the end of the day between Dre and Easy. Obviously, in fact, most of the chronic was like, you know in his face <laughs> like oh, yeah i mean most of easy, it. That, that's the underlying if there's one underlying theme to the chronic it was mostly like f easy um well, some of easy's <laughs> best stuff was dre diss tracks like yeah of course yeah was, for sure that was some of his best stuff but no for great sure. great halftime i didn't watch any pregame or anything like that i was watching basketball and golf um golf was amazing the just a great tournament every year that's such a fun tournament absolute bucket list i think with the super bowl next year have to go so i'll yeah. probably try to be down in, in scottsdale for part of that tournament next year and party before the super bowl as well see if my body can handle that sort of thing at this age is i'm it. dying today just from eating too much bean dip Cursing a gift, man. The bean dip is so good. Um, but then, yeah. oh, um, I found some fresh katia, um, and I, oh, oh, good work. Um, okay, so uh, I think that's about all I had for thoughts and interesting betting action. What was your favorite prop hit that you had overall? I think the sacks, just because it looked dead. Sacks. What was your? What was the number you needed? Well, I mean, just the game sacks was there. You needed like eight and the, a half, right? Well, no, but the, there were they offered there was multiples just for the Rams. Like I just bet the Rams over and then you could bet those alternate totals too. like seven and a half, eight and a half didn't come in, but those were like 18 and 40 to one. You know, oh, I can't okay. be mad at those okay. not coming in. Like the fact that they, they were live, you know, that gave me some life late in the game because everything else, you know, I had a little bit on Gatorade. Uh, I didn't really have MVP positions outside of um, I found noops found a good one on not quarterback at two to one. I, I put some on, defensive any defensive player which didn't come through but a lot of my stuff had already been decided and it was fun to sweat this the sacks props as it yeah. was you know the the ladders ladders are great it's like we used to do with five dimes with the those alt overs where you're just yeah. like every touchdown was like more and more money it just kept rolling in so those Dude, are fun punts together punts overs was a smash 12 total punts in this game six for each guy each punter had 250 yards of total punting um incredible uh a lot of unders hit anyone whose prop strategy was basically i'm gonna wait till the 11th cooper cup receptions under receptions under got under by a half uh yards went under uh he did have two touchdowns which paid pretty decent change odell beckham jr stayed under because of the injury alone oh, that was um that was rough for anyone who took those overs you Sorry. know what one of my favorite my favorite things about the game was um 
you know who ended up having the Rams winning? Well, yeah, of course, obviously. But my other favorite things, there was a the number four, number three most important player in the passing game for the Rams was someone named Bryson Hopkins. Bryson Hopkins caught all four targets, gained 47 yards, had some key first downs on that drive that got them the field goal to make it 20 to 16. Hopkins is, uh, I didn't expect him to be dressed. <laughs> I saw him coming out of the tunnel before the game started. And I was like, Oh, good for Hopkins. He's getting, he got to, he got to, got to, got to go dress some. I he was not I, the, I, yeah, he wasn't the tight end that people focused on with Higby out. No, we <laughs> at all. expected Blanton to be the guy. Yeah. Blanton didn't even get a target in this. I'm game. not sure he made, yeah, he didn't make the stat sheet. So. You know who had more that, targets that than Blanton? Matt Stafford got targeted more than Blanton. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, players to attempt to pass prop was, was always good. Like you knew, like you knew these two coaches were oh, going to yeah, do some crazy shit. Up. Yeah. Um, Joe Mixon threw the first touchdown pass game. for the Bengals. Uh, Mixon might have had a, sh- a case for, if Mixon had put away the game on the ground for them, he might have had a case for. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, so he had 72 yards rushing and didn't get into the end zone. But if he pops off like, and again, it's so dumb yeah. in our base 10 counting system, how important 100 is. But if he's yeah. able to get 30 yards on that last drive and scores a winning touchdown, oh, and he has that touchdown pass, there's a good case for him to get it. Yeah. Um, basically, everything went under except for Higgins. Yards went over. Um, Boyd yards went over. Chase yards probably did, too. Uh, 89. I think his was in the what? I think it was, it was in the 70s. 80s. It was in the eighties, low eighties. I thought so he, I, I didn't. So he bet got that it. One. So basically, the entire trio, the whole entire posse, it didn't matter who out of that posse you picked to back the over. The uh, unless the it was Yuzma. Well, Yuzma wasn't in the posse. He was. No. Uh, yeah, he, he was suspect whether he was going to be able to contribute at all. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Joe Mixon caught five passes. Did you see that? Yeah. Five passes on six targets one yard <laughs> receiving on those um that was amazing uh the any other wild shit scowronic fire that guy into the sun five targets for him he caught two two for 12 uh he, amazingly i think he's the only guy in the game who had a meaningfully negative epa per pass actually van jefferson did too van jefferson did not have a very good game either but scaronic was minus 1.3 uh, EPA per uh, per target, which is impressive and hard to do. Um, yes, yeah. Sony Michelle receiving yards. Sony Michelle was, I guess he did he catch a pass? He was not targeted. I didn't think so. He had like I only saw plays. him on the field for five snaps, uh, and it, the two carries he got were absolutely atrocious uh in terms of just skim- you know the way they were drawn up acres esque acres esque um so, all right why um, so why why did oh, what, what, what what was it with why what, what why were they continuing to go to acres like what was the deal what were they expecting to happen like what's the what's the be- like if we're if we are all stupid and McVeigh is the real genius like what was the What's the charitable answer to why did you run so many first and tens into stacked boxes with Cam Akers, who has no pop? 
So, I mean, he, he didn't have a big number against the 49ers, but it wasn't he wasn't that bad. Like he was okay against the 49ers, but against like again, yeah, if you watch the Tampa game, I bet he averaged like 1.5 or something bad. Like he he got a lot of use for the entire playoffs. Like it wasn't just a it wasn't just a Super Bowl thing. I feel like he got a lot of play in at least the last two games, and I'm pulling up the Cardinals game right now because, yeah, he, he had 17 for 55. So it's it, he never had like a horrid box score, but they were just not good box scores. They were they were like okay, like we're getting 2.53 a carry for the entire playoffs. Let's let's really trot this guy out and, and put him out for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I don't know. Weird. Again, maybe it was a contrarian play. They didn't think we'd run into those stacked boxes, but it's still, it's still a stacked box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Bryson Hopkins played in five games this year. He was inactive or did not play in every other game. So I was, again, he was inactive against the Niners. Um, his his highest snap share, he got 22 offensive snaps against the Seattle Seahawks. He caught one tar- was targeted once, caught one for nine yards. He played 57% of the snaps after after Kendall Blanton gets hurt, apparently, and caught all four of his targets for 47 yards. That's a pretty cool, like, he should have MVP. thrust him into the thrust him into Cup the did moment. what he was expected. To and, do. uh, yeah, Cup did what he was expected. <laughs> Actually, Andy, Andy, he didn't. We thought he was, he was expected to get eight and a half catches. He only got yeah, eight. Yeah, he underperformed. He was expected really. to get 100 yards receiving. He only got 92. Touchdowns um, are variants. Like, he, I, should, I don't even count those. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Cup underperformed. You heard it here yeah. first. Bryson Hopkins so, very much overperformed. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. The, yeah, season? let's put a bow in the season. Let's look at some odds and give me your original thoughts. Uh, I think you probably – you and I have the same general – feeling about the imbalance of power between the two conferences correct yeah i mean just with the chiefs and bills who we did not see in the super bowl being so good and likely being very good again next year and co-favorites that's tough the rams as nfc favorites i get it the cowboys are overpriced right now (laughs) most likely i could not be talked into betting the cowboys or the packers uh the packers play even at a better number than this screams a horrible bet to make this early in the season. When I mean, wh- what do you think? I want your honest opinion, realistic percentage chance that Aaron Rodgers isn't on that squad next year. I'm 50, 50. So are you willing to bet a team at 15 to one? If it's 50, 50, that Jordan love is starting. Like what no. does that number move to? If, if, if it's Jordan love next year, 40, 40 to one. Yeah. Like again, it, it's just not something. And if Rodgers leaves, Devonte Adams may be out, out as well. And yeah, now you're talking a, like eighty to one ish. Yeah, sixty-five, seventy, eighty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's tough to it's tough to drive with the Packers. Dallas has a lot of talent, but I think that defense was a bit of a mirage at times. Yes. Sir. Um, so that's tough to tough to get on with. The Niners are an interesting subject, but again, there's quarterback questions, and who knows what the future of Mister Trey will be. So in the NFC, uh, I'm tempted by the Buccaneers. 
just because I think I can find a better number than this 26 that's up on the board. If they put something together at quarterback, they still have a lot of talent on that team. Okay. That is what do you, that's what a do team. You, what do you mean when you say they put something together at quarterback? You mean like they get Russell Wilson or something? I don't even know if you need Russell Wilson, man. Like you, I think you could put Jameis back on that team and be a be a three seed. There's so much talent. Like the, the, even even if we don't return wow, everybody on offense, incredible. Yeah. That would be a funny. That'd be a funny arc though. But if you can find Tampa thirty, I mean they're sitting there in quarterback limbo. They have so much talent. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And 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 then you, yeah, if you hit the jackpot and hmm. something odd happens, like you get Russell Wilson, you get Deshaun Watson, you get Aaron Rodgers. Like these guys haven't firmed up where they're gonna go. Like oh yeah, those you, are you three big, right? You could absolutely hit the jackpot on a team like that. And if I'm one of those quarterbacks, I would love to go to Tampa Bay because yeah, yes. like, Nick points out here, Godwin. Yeah, Godwin's gone, but they still have so much depth and they have so many good players. And they have a good scheme and a decent coach. Like that's a that's a desirable spot. Um, the Vikings, I think that number sucks, but that's another one where they have a coach in place now. They're about to that is just won a Super Bowl by coaching that offense. Mm-hmm. And the Cousins, if Cousins is gone, and again, if Cousins is gone, we have a different quarterback step in. It's one of those names. Something wild happens like that with Jefferson and Thielen and Irv and Delvin Cook. Like that could be a very fun offense. I don't see that happening. It doesn't seem like a desirable landing spot, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe with a new offensive minded head coach, it is for one of the quarterbacks. Um, yeah. I do you have any other NFC takes? Because after uh, that, it gets a little squirrely. Saints. Uh, well, I mean, are we overthinking this? You want to just take the Rams again? Uh, well, no, the game's not being played in LA. It's being played in Arizona. Cardinals, right? <laughs> Three I've, in a row. Can we get it? Can we I've do it? Seen, Three I've in a row. Kyler <laughs> Kyler Murray playing in that playoff game was something. I'm looking he at the was trends. not ready for prime time. The trends are pretty clear, Andy. Trend the is home there. team wins the Super Bowl. I'm seeing that very clearly. Oh no, we we got Sam on his his Washington stuff again. Commanders. I feel like we fought this battle in the um, preseason, Sam. No, you want a you want a super duper spicy take on the NFC? Um, the Bears, the Giants, a hundred to one. I've seen someone say that too. A hundred to one's terrible price. They could get into the playoffs in that division. They could get into the playoffs in that division, and they're. Uh, there's a realist that like, like, um, <sighs> Russell Wilson's agent is efforting hard to get him into a major market like that. That's a, that's a squirrely pick if they end up, cause I was going to say, even if they get in the playoffs, not super sure that we have value on that team. If it's dimes at quarterback. No, no, none like, at all. It's got to be Russell. They, they sneak right. in as a seven seed. You're not cash. You're not hitting the cash out button on your hundred to one for very much. Mm-hmm. Decent chance you're holding them with Danny Dimes as the four seed, winning a terrible NFC East or something. There's a chance. Yeah. Hosting a game as a six point dog to uh, you know, yeah, yeah to to the, the Rams NFC or something. Yeah, teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably right. Uh, but uh, in the in the world where Russell Wilson wakes up in a New York Giants helmet. Which, who knows? 
Uh, I, you, do you have a read on where Russell's going? I don't have a read on any of these quarterback situations. Um, We're just going to wake up on March whatever and be like, holy shit, uh, Deshaun Watson's a buck, a buccaneer. <laughs> yeah, uh, holy shit. There's been a five-way five quarterback trade like in the NBA. Yeah, and five-team, it's funny. Five-team quarterback every, trade. Every team I've heard rumors about Aaron Rodgers for has been an AFC team, which is something considering how tough this AFC is going to be. Mm, okay. um, bad something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eagles 33 to one. How do you feel about that team going forward? Not great. They have a lot of vets who are moving on and they overperformed a bit. I like hurts at times, but I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the roster or the coaching to do it. Yeah. Same. Um, God, dude, Falcons are are just a dumpster fire. The Bears don't have enough in the cupboard. The Vikings are interesting, thirty three to one, but not like that's not quite enough of a price to really get my blood going. If you found a forty on Minnesota, I'd be I'd be interested. The idea that the Panthers are thirty six to one and that the Vikings are thirty three to one is insane to me. Like, yeah, there's no so, way that those should be in the same tier. The other selling point on the Minnesota Vikings is likely another year of trying to get the the ship right in Chicago and Detroit. And if Green Bay is Jordan Love, like all of a sudden Minnesota is what minus 150 to win the division. And you could get a 40 to one in it in a three or four seed. Like there and then again, there's a decent chance that Minnesota is a better team record wise than the NFC East champion. Yeah. So you have a three seed at 40 to one if you can find that. That's something I could be talked into. Yeah, the NFC West has a tough schedule as well coming up. They and match I, up I, against the AFC West, so you're. Gonna I get have... this too with Fields and his upside, but I still think they're. I think they're. All, they didn't play him enough to to convince me that this is like a, a step up year for him. I am a Fields truther. I believe he will ultimately be a positive player in this league. I did not like the Bears hire, and I do not like the fact that there is zero ingredients in the cupboard at this point to make anything special happen like they are in a rebuild with no assets much like the texans found themselves last season yeah i'm 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 buying the bears in two years i guess i don't know yeah. much about the I don't know much about Luke Getze. Maybe I, I need to. This is the time of the year where, honestly, I don't really know that much about Aberflus. Like, I understand where he was. I don't know what his philosophy is going to be. But this is the time of year. If you do love the NFL and you want to start getting getting ready, go dig into these hires. Go dig into these offensive coordinators for these teams that replace their whole staff and try to figure out what we're going to get from this because I don't, I don't know shit about Luke Getze. Is he the offensive coordinator now? I guess. No, never heard of him. No idea. Um, yeah, lot too much swirling with them. Uh, honestly, uh, you know what he's. I, I just read in an article about Luke Getze. He's eager to establish culture and philosophy. Oh, he sounds like a coach already. Oh, in that case, maybe I should rethink this. Um, no, I would. I would expect that the Lions are more competitive than the Bears frankly, just based on what they have as far as the nucleus. We said it preseason. We're like, this Lions rebuild is kind of good. It's kind like, of exactly the way you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, like you want to stink. They probably overperformed. 
What do you think they do um, quarterback? Are they in the market like for any of these guys? I don't think any of those guys are in the market to land there at this point in the rebuild. I mean, it, it's not it's not something where the, can you imagine as an agent going to Wilson or maybe Deshaun Watson just because he's a bit of a pariah, but um, he's still such a talent that people are people are willing to overlook things like that when you have that much talent. It's it's wild how things like that work, but uh, really, that's not a desirable landing spot for somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson who are later on in their career. They don't want to sit through an, another year of rebuilding. That's and again, they have a, a decent war chest of stuff, but I'm looking at free agent quarterbacks, and boy. The top of the list is old, like Andy Dalton. I, I think you do another placeholder if you don't have the quarterback of the future. Like an Andy Dalton in Detroit doesn't feel like the dumbest thing. Um, Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. I mean, there's there's some guys out there that you could slide in. You know, bring him back to the NFC North, Mitch Trubisky. He's a, he's a very competent backup. I think he's a good placeholder. So, and then uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they jump out and take a quarterback. I don't know how I feel about Malik Willis as a pro. I haven't dug deep into these um, some of these prospects yet. He really jumped up the board over the last couple of weeks, but people do that all the time. So interesting. You know, we have about two months to the draft. A lot of my time in the next two months is going to be spent on getting to know some of these new coaches, taking a look at these mock drafts, the Lions, free agency. And- the Lions, if they're smart, take a pass rusher with the number two. And then with their second pick in the first round, they take uh, uh, J-Mo, put him on ice for a year. So they have like an elite wide out next year with they, when they have a quarterback figured out. I don't hate that. Yeah, that's what that's uh, that's what I would do if I were them. First round, uh, first round wide receiver for the for next year's guy Lions. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing it for two decades. Why not keep that rolling? Um, <laughs> oh, I did want to talk. We'll do on air, kind of close things out with on air um, production meeting. What do we? It's off season. What do you want to talk? Like, what should we do? You have any ideas? Well, the next week. On Wednesday, I would like to do an NBA pod. Okay. Where we really kind of because it'll be we just that'll be time to sit down. You've been busy. I've been well, busy. Well, that'll and... it'll that'll be the Wednesday, the very the tail end of the All Star break, right before the restart. Okay. And I think it would be good to kind of reflect on the state of teams. Sure. At that time, we bring in a guest damn, who's damn been right covering NBA. Um, so that's next week. Okay. Um. Do you have any? Week? Do you have any guests that have been on your wish list for a while that we need to get on? Oh yeah, shitload. And when I, all these questions I'm asking Drew, I'm also asking the chat, the live chat. <laughs> what do you the guys? People who are podcasting this later on, who have yeah. access to Twitter, uh, hit us with anything. If if there's something we've never done that, or a, yeah. even a topic, an evergreen topic, hit us with it. We can yeah. probably hit it. So twenty third. So the twenty third. Let's talk NBA. Okay. Uh, March the second. I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna be in Salt Lake City skiing. You should, if you, you maybe want to do a little, uh, uh, you know, fill in host for me and talk some uh, college host. basketball, college basketball. Uh, what do you call it? The conference talk, because that'll It'll be right on the right at be the right on beginning there. of uh, some of your conference. Uh, I'll see what I can uh, get for college conference. basketball. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um. So that'd be cool. 
the week after that, we can obviously do March Madness the rest of March. There's good shit going on all of March. Masters, certainly. Some tennis. Masters like, are the first week of April. And in general, there's a lot of there's a lot of guests that I would love to talk to. We should just put together our dream guest list and just go after those folks. Just jot to, again, when I say this, I'm saying this to the chat, to the podcast listeners, and Drew. Like, write down a list. I have a list started. Let's just start start asking some people, get some uh get some good off-season interviews going. It's and it's so much easier on us. We don't have to come up with any content. You yeah. just sit there and ask them questions, let those guys rip and talk about interesting things. 100%. Those are these are way more fun and less pressure on us. So I'm yep. excited for that. Hundred percent. Um yeah, great, great uh, recommendations, guys. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll put together we'll we will bring people to you that you don't even know are uh important people in the betting space and introduce you to them. Because there's a lot of people with very interesting stories to tell who keep a very low profile, uh, and we'll try. He, to and you know, he's that. he's done podcasts before, but sometimes we got to get Bjorn on here. Yeah, shit, yeah, we do. Really he can, remember we him. sat and talked to him one night for a yeah. long time after. Like he is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, Warren Sharp and Pozzola at the and same both, time. Yeah, that would be quite the. Uh, that'd be quite the. Um, you know, Pozzola uh, gave me shit about this because we haven't had him on for a while. Like we should get him on to talk hockey playoffs. Oh, because the fun yeah. part is about betting, talking with a, a, a true. Did sharp. he give me shit about it? Well, you you weren't on yet, and he he said he signed up for the slot with me because he hadn't talked to me in so long. We hadn't had him on in so long. <laughs> so, and and this is funny too because. He is an absolute true sharp, big yeah, originator, sharp originator yeah. on the NHL. Yeah. And for the most part, when you get to the playoffs, a lot of those people don't play that much. So we should have him on for NHL playoffs as a uh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, mod. yeah. That Bobby, would be Bobby fun. Bobby Pizzola is on the warpath. Yeah, let's let's do an NHL NHL playoffs with Pizzola if like he'll it. be ready and I willing. Like and we'll hit on some other sports. Um, you know, we joked with Abnormal Distributed about uh, doing a NASCAR pod. Oh, I think yeah. he'd like to remain mostly anonymous, but he's done podcasts okay. before. You know, we can we can do one with no camera for him if he yeah, wants. We'll, I'd love we'll, to have we'll him just, on we'll, NASCAR. We'll just put the little uh, Lightning McQueen avatar up, uh, or whatever, yeah. or the thing from Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll just, yeah. We'll just rotate pictures from Midsummer during the whole podcast. Um, that would be good. NASCAR would be good if you guys can think of any other sports. Obviously, we'll do something for the Masters. That'll be a ton of fun. The Masters starts the Thursday after the uh, Monday that is the national championship game. So quite the week of sports there. MLS, I guess if you can get us, what's this, what's the uh, what's the guy, Dan? Terwilliger, not Terwilliger, Taylor Taylor Twelman. We'll talk we'll talk uh, soccer with Taylor. If we get Twelman on, we'll talk soccer. Um, so yeah, we'll probably cut it cut it here because I think Drew's coloring at this point. I don't know what he's doing down there. I'm settling. <laughs> Game uh, transactions galore. Oh, I got a text. Everything. Um, sorry. Nigel hey, did you that. listen? Did you listen to the Billy Walters interview yet? I haven't yet. It's I'm Saving very it. excited. Saving it. I might I listen think, to that this afternoon. I think Musburger is a pretty good interviewer. I think so too. I'm excited yeah. for that. I'm saving Mine that too. for my probably going to go to the gym tomorrow. Listen to that because I need to work off some being dip. But with that, like I said, 
some people are there's some people in the live chat but a lot more people listen to this as a podcast yeah you know what let's uh we'll uh and we'll i'll i'll pop in one of these days we'll pop into the uh the deep dive discord and we'll uh we'll chum it up with you guys and and talk through some ideas and see if we can't uh do a little workshopping to come up with what you those listeners want to yeah mostly i want to know mostly what you guys want to hear so that's you know we're not doing this for ourselves at this point we're doing this because we're just trying to put out some good content into the world in the hopes that karma rewards us with Super Bowl Calcutta victories. You know, you know what? The, those inter- <laughs> the interviews are fucking fun. Oh, I love the interviews. Love them. Yeah. Love them. Love some, them. Had some fun ones over the years. So, love them, All right. Love so with them. that, cheers to the season. Hopefully you had a fun one. And NFL never sleeps, man. It's time to start grinding mock drafts, guys. Let's go. <laughs>